This podcast is now streaming on the Accounting Influencers main show. Subscribe to the Accounting Influences podcast to listen to more content just like this. You can also watch this episode on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to learn even more from the very best experts, thought leaders and influencers in the accounting and fintech world. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Insights in Accounting. Insights in Accounting. Sponsored by World First. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Welcome to our brand new show, Insights in Accounting. This is a new venture for us, Martin Bissett, myself, Rob Brown. We wear the Accounting Influencer podcast, giving you the news. But on behalf of the Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network, we're bringing a new show to the market, Martin Allen. We are, and I can't be bothered, guys, saying Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network. So AIBN is what I'll be calling it from here on in. And in the AIBN, we'll be contributing five shows. We'll have five shows uh, from our uh, friends and broadcast network members. And Insights and Accounting, uh, which comes out every Tuesday, this show for you guys is a mixture. It's a mixture of the obvious, such as the news items, what's happening now, because not many of us take our heads up long enough from our computer screens to look outside into the world and see what's happening to our profession. But also in that word insight, there is an inference onto a little bit of a steer, a bit of guidance, a bit of counsel, a bit of thought provocation, a bit of thought leadership, maybe a bit of outcome leadership as well. And so we're going to give you the insights that give you the signposts, the accelerants, the thinking points, the things that are going to give you just that little bit of a competitive advantage for your firm, your career, and your team too. And it's filling in the knowledge gaps in the busy lives of accountants, leaders in practice. It's what they've missed, what they didn't know they've missed, why it's important. And we'll be looking at a range of reports, research, white papers, surveys, news articles, announcements, blogs, social media posts, opinion pieces. We'll scour the journalists, the experts, the gurus, the thought leaders. We'll go to the media sources like Accounting Today, Accounting Daily, Accounting Web, Accountex, CPA.com, the Accountant Online, the International Accounting Bulletin, a range of vendors. And we're keeping people on top of things, even stuff from the finance providers, the tech specialists, the software vendors who serve the accounting profession. And we're not just reporting on the news, Martin, are we? But we're giving them the insights and what it means for them in practice. So the takeaways, the implications, the what to do's and what not to do's. That's the key part of it, isn't it? Absolutely, guys. So let's give you an example of what we mean by insight here. So here's a little article that has really caught our attention because we think it's omni-applicable to all of our listeners here. And it has a very provocative title as well. Bias is bias. Now, um, Ignition, whom you well know as onboarding software providers, Ignition have long flown the flag for women in accounting. They have uh, a, a top 50 countdown, they have awards, and they have very much championed the cause of women in accounting. And part of that initiative has led to this article, which really caught my attention, called Bias is Bias. It's written by Rebecca Mihalic. Rebecca, I hope I pronounced that correctly. I believe that's... Uh, uh, the correct way of pronouncing it. Uh, any regular listener will know that I have a big thing about getting names right, given that my name is Martin Bissett and I go through my career as Malcolm Bishop. So on that basis, guys, here's what the opening two lines of this uh, blog article uh, says. Rebecca says, whenever I am asked to introduce myself in an online seminar or at an event, I usually start by saying, 
At my core, I'm an accountant. And then prattle on about my professional accomplishments. And she talked about how she spent years focusing on the professional aspect of her life. Uh, and not until 2020 did she talk about what she feels are her most important roles in life, that of a mother, a wife, a daughter, a sister, an aunt, and a woman. And so she said she, she used to feel like she couldn't make these descriptions appear in her online profiles because that's not what she wanted to be defined as. You know, it was the accountant angle that she felt had the relevance to be taken seriously you know, in business. So she used to say that these descriptors are things she kept out of her online profiles because she didn't want them to be the things that defined her. She thought she had to talk about the accounting element to be taken seriously in business. It took years for her to be comfortable with defining herself in those other terms. So in this article, Rebecca highlights six types of bias. And for everyone listening to this show and in future insights, you'll get the general idea as to why we delve into this. What does this mean to you guys? What does this mean to your team? Is there someone in your team who should hear about this? Is this, is it going to resonate with you? Check out these bias, different biases. So first of all, Rebecca highlights the likability bias. And she says that likability bias in accounting is rooted in age old expectations. She says that we expect men to be assertive so that when they lead, it feels natural. We expect women to be kind and communal. So when they assert themselves, we like them less. Okay. Then she talks about performance bias. She says that's based also on deep rooted, but incorrect assumptions about women's and men's abilities. We tend to us underestimate women's performance and overestimate men's performance. Now, sidebar here, Rob, the number of times in the old days, and I mean over the last, well, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, that I would sit with managing partners who told me that they couldn't possibly promote a woman to partner because you, <laughs> because you lose them to maternity leave once or twice in their career, which causes disruption to the practice. Sometimes they don't even come back. So what's the point? That was, and I saw it firsthand, a prevailing attitude from managing partners about a decade or so ago. Try that now. Yes. Well, funnily enough, we have another bias coming up soon that I have to talk about this. <laughs> but, uh, but Rebecca's next one is maternal bias. And she says maternal bias occurs when motherhood triggers false assumptions that women are less committed to their careers and even worse, less competent. Now, that's firsthand. I've seen that firsthand. She then has three more for you. And some of these, I think, may well be resonating with our audience. Attribution bias is our, her, her fourth which is closely linked to performance bias. She says that because we see women as less competent than men, that's a sweeping generalization, but let's take it, we tend to give them less credit for accomplishments and blame them more for mistakes. Now, I'm not sure that, there's a, that I've got as much evidence for that one. I see her point. I see Rebecca's point completely um, based on, on the underlying men better than women in the eyes of men um, principle, but I'm not sure that I can point to the blame going to female professionals and accounting firms that I've worked with. How I've said that, I haven't worked with everyone. So our penultimate one is affinity bias. And that's what it sounds like, says Rebecca. We gravitate towards people like ourselves in appearance, beliefs, and background. We're like people like us. Right. And we may avoid or even dislike people who are different from us, so which, of course, is, uh, is how we have tribe, you know, separated out and put the tribes as humans in society in the first place. You know, that it's often um, a voice from extreme right wing uh, organizations that people prefer their own kind. You know, so affinity bias means that there may well be somebody who is strong in the practice, but because they don't look sound or associate with the prevailing ruling class in the practice, they don't get the credit they should. 
which I think is, uh, you know, whereas I don't, I don't see the real case for attribution bias that she mentioned, I do see that one. I think that's a fantastic point that she's raised there. Finally, Rob, intersectionality. That one again, intersectionality, a bias that is not limited to gender. And Rebecca says that women can also experience biases due to their race, sexual orientation, disability, or other aspects of their identity. And while I am sure that's true, it's got to raise the question is that that's not limited to women, surely? That if there is a bias due to race, due to sexual orientation, due to disability, or other elements of their identity, then surely that goes way beyond women as well. And that intersectionality applies across genders. Yeah, we've had Herschel Frierson and uh, Anton Lewis talking about blacks in accounting, the lack of role models. And there are blacks from lower working classes. There are blacks who are females. There are blacks who are um, gay. And so they experience prejudice on a whole range of levels. And uh, yeah, it's a big topic. Absolutely. So, so this is the six core biases that form part of uh, Rebecca's article. She then gives examples to support them. Um, she then outlines how do we make change? She makes the point that learnt behaviour, such as a bias, can be unlearnt. You're not... Uh, you're not sort of subject to it. She implores the reader to call out bias in everyday life, but then she gives practical next steps and specifically what men and women can do. So here are the three things that Rebecca recommends that men can do. Number one, acknowledge in most situations that men are in a position of power and do not abuse it. Use it for good. Common sense. Number two, Call out poor behavior and stand up for what you know is right. Do not ignore a situation and join in on the job. Again, common sense, professional behavior. Number three, when you need to make a choice, look beyond your affinity bias, our type of people, and actively consider women in your decision. Do not just look at those who look like you. And again, not sure how much I see of that, but I'm sure it's present um, in, in enough places because Rebecca feels strongly enough to make the point. Then she asks what women can do. Number one, educate yourselves. She says, the more I read, listen, and learn about the drivers for bad behavior, the more equipped and stronger I feel to challenge the status quo. Knowledge is power. Can't disagree with that. Number two, acknowledge that we can be our own worst enemies. She says, do not assume that because you are female, that you are not part of the problem. We too were raised with bias. Now, obviously, being a man, I can't speak to that, so I've, I, I can't uh, sort of uh, confirm or deny that one way or the other, but again, I am sure uh, there's substantial evidence to support it. And number three, she says, and this is very challenging, put your money where your mouth is. If you're not happy with what's happening, and I assume she means in the workplace, join a cause, invest in the next generation, make space for other women. We cannot expect others to do all the heavy lifting. It is on us. Now, I think that's a very strong part of the article, Rob, because what that does right there it says, look, the prevailing, and, and this is my words now, not Rebecca's, uh, the prevailing culture here is to whinge about something, complain about something, shame about it, put a hashtag on it, look, put, and just virtue it. look how bad this is, look how bad this is, look how bad this is, all the time. She's saying, all right, well done for highlighting the issue, now what are you going to do about it? Put your money where your mouth is. Now, I think that completely changes the tone of this article to give it huge credibility. Because it's cheap. Absolutely, because talk is cheap. And she challenged the reader to say, right, I've diagnosed the issue. I've told you what you can do about it. You know, but this is not a whinge or a rant on my behalf. It's actually a call to arms. And do something about any perceived injustice or bias that you may be suffering, is, is Rebecca's point there, which I think is fantastic. Her closing remarks, which again, I think are um, 
uh, are very relevant here, um, is that the way to, to forge change will mostly come from self-awareness, education, and being brave enough to stand up when you see bias at work. From here, the choice is yours. You can be part of the problem or part of the solution. And you can't argue with that. I think that's a very strong piece, Rob. Yeah, great stuff. And that's the kind of thing we will cover in this Insights in Accounting show, which comes out every Tuesday. It's giving you what to know and what to ignore. And it's all about commercial acumen, building your business awareness, your industry knowledge, professional development, keeping you up to date. It's CPE, CPD, if you like, for you accountants in practice. But it's all about keeping you relevant, informed, effective in your role as a professional advisor, a leader, a practitioner, thought leader, influencer, a driver of change in your firm, your role, community, and we're stopping you from becoming obsolete. We're keeping you in the loop. This show is going to help you raise your game, solve bigger problems, and the bigger problems you solve, the more influence you'll have, the more you will be rewarded. So welcome to this new show as part of the AIBN, the Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network. I'm going to I'm going to abbreviate it like you are, Martin, to AIBN. Once our listeners know what that means, and then we can launch on with these shows, can't we? We can, Rob. And you know what? You're Having just done an entire uh, insight piece on bias, then something just occurred to me as we're recording here that I'd like to point out. Uh, neither Rob nor myself know Rebecca, uh, who we've just quoted, Rebecca Mahalich. And we'd like to just sort of share with you her profile to give you um, an insight into uh, the experience and uh, let's call it uh, a credibility that Rebecca writes with. Rebecca is an Australian registered tax agent, a member of the Chartered Institutes of Australia and New Zealand, and a member of the Institute of Public Accountants. She's been working in public practice since 2003. She was the co-founder of Aptus Accounting and Advisory, which was named the 2018 Innovator of the Year at the Australian Accounting Awards. And Rebecca has earned a reputation for her leadership, passion, and commitment to the accounting, it says here, industry, profession, uh, and recently was Thought Leader of the Year in the prestigious 2021 Australian Accounting Awards. So that is the credibility with which this article that we just shared with you has come from. Neither of or I know Rebecca. Uh, I'm sure she won't be aware that we're even discussing this, but that's what we want to bring you. Independent insight that speaks to you and your practice. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes to that article so you can check it out for yourself. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on tomorrow's show, which is Influencers in Accounting. And then if you don't know it already, Thursday's show is going to be best practice in accounting and our Friday show is UK Matters in Accounting. You'll have to subscribe to all of those shows. But for now, thank you for tuning in to Insights in Accounting. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Insights in Accounting with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Giving you the edge, the latest news, analysis and recommendations in the accounting and fintech world. 